Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adela Marcy. And as we said, SEM Appreciation Month keeps on going. Now, of course, this is one of my favorite podcasts I've tried to get uh, going simply because um, my guest today and I have been missing each other for the last couple of weeks, um, but finally it happened and I'm so happy. She's actually really, really fun, very intelligent, and has an incredible sense of humor. Um, so you guys are in for a really good treat today. My guest today is none other than, actually, I'm not going to say what your position is, just simply because I messed this up with Fernando and I get very, very, very paranoid that I will do it again. But if I remember correctly, I think you're one of the heads of marketing at SEM Rush, and that is the one and only Anna Lebedeva, whose surname I probably butchered, but she is absolutely amazing, has an incredible mind, um, and we're going to be getting a lot of great information from that today, as well as some great stories. So, Anna, welcome to the show. Hi, uh, hi guys. I'm very happy being with you. I hope I will tell you something something funny about it and useful. Oh, you will. I'm sure you will. We'll have so, so much fun on this show. Yeah. yeah. So, f- first, right off the bat, I'm just going to say uh, this episode, as the last four have been um, featured as well, is sponsored by the one and only SEMrush.com. If you guys have seen a spike in my traffic, if you've seen how I've been changing my content and the linking within my site, that is 100% SEMrush's fault. That being said, uh, the show is also sponsored by AdelMarcy.com. Uh, so you guys can go, and over there, go over there, review, rate these shows, listen to some uh, other shows, check out some videos, and of course, uh, listen to the podcast. Now, that being said, I'm going to shut up because my first word, or my first question to you, Anna, yeah. is simple. How did you get into marketing? Uh, it was pretty simple. Uh, I've studied, I've, I studied uh, journalism at the, at the university. And then I, then I just realized that uh, I don't, I don't want to do just a pure journalism, but I, but I, I have some skills. I love reading. I'm very curious, and I thought, what is the closest field to the to the journalism? And uh, uh, and I started like working in in the in the PR agencies. So I got into like public uh, relations field, and so it's kind of PR and journalism. They are similar, but they are on the different sides. So I've been into PR for for a couple of years, and then I learned it quite good. And then, like step by step, I got into marketing. So it's it's they are they are not similar, but they have the same purpose: yes, to promote your brand on the market and to spread the world the 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 words about your brand just yep. PR and marketing they're just using uh, different channels but the goal is the same so it was like a step-by-step um, uh, transmission from PR to marketing so I've been to marketing like maybe for for eight years or well, more or less the same yeah that's pretty cool okay so one of the things I love about that is just how PR is very similar to marketing. And one of my favorite books is uh, Crystallizing Public Opinion by uh, Edward Bernays. Yeah. Have you ever read it? Yeah, I think I've read it when I was at the university, yeah. yeah it's such a good book on PR. If you haven't read it, it's, it's basically the guy created the public relations yeah. department. And he's incredible because 
in the wrong hands, it's destructive. In the right hands, it's incredible. Yeah. You, you saw that in, when he was alive. So my question realistically is, if you were to take on a a business, so to say, if you were to actually work with a business that's been around for some time, but they actually haven't got that great PR background, like they haven't gone out there and done their marketing, they haven't done it properly, what mm-hmm. are the three or five things that you first look at? Like, what is, like, you, you go in, you go do an audit, and you go, okay, do these five things to begin with, and then start seeing results. Like, what would those five things be? By the way, I keep muting myself because my cat yeah. is uh, meowing a lot. So, guys, Captain Chase is back on the mic as always, but uh, he's being annoying, yeah. so I'm muting him every so often, and myself in that in that instance. But, yeah, Anna, that's, that's my question to you. Yeah, actually, you are you're very right that uh, Bjarne, he was a very talented guy. He was, a, I think he was a navy of of uh, of Freud. The yeah, he was, he was Sigmund Freud's uh, nephew twice removed. Maybe, I think, I think he was. Yeah. So what I would do, I first think, uh, you always have to remember that if you don't have a good product, of course, like PR and marketing can help you. But uh, the most important is is having a good product. Of course, it shouldn't be like 100% perfect, but as to start marketing or especially to start PR, you need to be sure that you are ready to talk about your product like widely. So like, because if we, if we talk about SMRush, SMRush started first with marketing. Uh, and then when we tested the ground, when the products like became really like a perfect one, and acknowledged by all the community, we started doing like a, like an almost like public uh, relations to like to spread the to spread the word like across like different borders. So first thing I w- what I would do is to check like what like what is your product and how good is how good is it? Like do you, uh, do you have um, some major flaws that that you need to fix before like setting up any kind of aggressive pr or marketing campaign so like check check product and see if there are any like fast fix of something that can be noticed by your by your external audience so because many companies they they failed on that they started like they started investing a lot of like especially startups start investing a lot of money into marketing campaign which can be really like better spent on further product development because i believe that if you have a good product of course you need marketing but your your perfect product would be the best marketing of of its own so this is the first thing to check to check it the second thing uh of course uh your like the whole like like your company strategy like not only the business one but the marketing one should be aligned what i see very often like when the product teams and marketing teams they don't they don't like agree upon any like um, any kind of um, approves uh any like strategy or tactics so product things that uh, they we need to do one thing and the marketing itself starts promoting the product like completely with different vision of what the product team is thinking about the product so what I would do is to put like product and marketing like all together so they so they can like figure out 
like approved like joint strategy of how the product being developed and how it should be um, marketed to the wider audience. So this is the so this is the second thing. If you don't have this, I don't think that any marketing can be of any like significant help. Agreed. You need something that's perfectly unique for yourself. I mean, that's one of the yeah. first things you learn is the USP, which is very simple. We're going to share like a little formula for that in a moment. But please continue. I mean, this is just brilliant. Yeah. So guys, take notes. This is the this is the USP, and this is more than about like uh, so this all the all the com- all your external communication should be aligned with your internal communication. Because I've seen many times like like with other products that. Uh, you, you you see brilliant like marketing campaign which doesn't help p- product that much because the marketing campaign looks perfect messaging looks perfect but uh, but uh, for example you are targeting the audience which is actually not your like not not your best perfect audience for your product uh, marketing feed so yeah product and marketing team they should be basically one team and uh, this is the this is the second thing uh, what I would do uh, the third thing what I what what I would think of I was gonna say I thought this was number four four number th- okay. I thought this was number three that we just covered but hey we can go for six <laughs> another thing what I would do uh, I would of course check what have been what have you been doing like before what a marketing and what PR campaigns did work out or which did not. Because a lot of companies, they try to innovate, they try to create new marketing, new marketing campaigns, new marketing, whatever ideas, I don't know, design or whatever. But sometimes the, the, the old things are the best. Agreed. Agreed. So, like sometimes going basic is the simplest way of making anything happen. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you don't need to really innovate or just change your marketing. Sometimes just check what worked perfectly well for your audience in the past and just uh, you can just take it and repeat it with with some small tweaks. And usually like uh, repeating and fine tuning is much cheaper than just creating like new marketing and new marketing campaigns. Agreed. So these first steps would be my my choice. No, I agree with you entirely. I mean, something that I've always told my clients is you don't need to always hire a new copywriter. You need to look at what your copy is written and find a new way of leading in with that same angle. So yeah. you can have two or three ways. Of, like, So I'll give you guys a complete example. So whenever I write sales copy, or even whenever I have podcasts like this, because something I, uh, I do but I don't really talk about very often is I actually coach people through podcasting. Specifically, like, how they can really... I don't know about you, but, like, when I first started out podcasting, it wasn't natural. It didn't feel like I could just speak to someone. And it, it always felt like I was rushing, like, my conversation. So at that moment, I realized... Uh, what I could do is every so often, if I have a, if I have like a company, I've had it before with a few, where they've hired me to come in and basically teach their, their staff how to do voice calls by breathing and slowing down. Um, and by the way, if you ever have a problem like when you're on a podcast and you can't stop speaking, but you're having a hard time explaining yourself, one yeah. of the easiest things I've ever done is I tell my clients, slow down, breathe, relax, go. Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, if you slow down in a moment and go, 
if you breathe and go mm -hmm. <laughs> so and then uh, for some reason just a small one breath instantly slows your brain down lets you say what you want to say and it's incredible because I, I've because um, I also ha I also do podcasts in uh, my mother tongue because I speak multiple languages but one of my languages I do I did a podcast in that language to Which help them with uh, Swahili so, okay. Yeah, so I'm from Tanzania, so I speak Kiswahili, but I also speak Swahili, which is Kenyan. Um, I had to nice. do a, I had to do a full interview in that language, which I'm rusty because I've not spoken that language fluently like a hundred percent of the time as I do English since I was four, and okay. I'm now thirty, but I still That's speak the language. Fun. Okay. <laughs> but it was fun. Like I enjoyed it. But <laughs> kind of going back to my original point. Um, one of the key aspects when I talk to clients about this is I always tell them, look, if your story was something along those lines, such as uh, discover how you can easily figure out to how to speak eloquently and deliver a amazing presentation of what you want to know using a podcast in 30 days or less, then read every word below. Um, and then I'd go into the whole conversation. You can, the whole conversation would be like how you sucked, you were struggling and blah, blah, blah. And now you're amazing because you learned these techniques and now you're teaching them. That's one way. The second lead-in for the exact same product, because the product is to teach people how to be easy and calm and enjoy mm -hmm. podcasting. The second lead-in could be uh, that you never had problems. You say, discover how you could actually, the same headline, you know, uh, if you've had problems, this is how you solve them. Uh, and your lead-in for that could be something as simple as, instead of saying, when I was starting out, I couldn't speak properly, you can actually go say, when I remember when I spoke to one of my clients, they couldn't speak properly and I developed, del delivered this and I helped them with this. Or the third way, another complete lead-in could be, I've never had a problem podcasting, but for some very strange reason, I've listened to a handful of shows with some experts that I really love and they are just boring. So yeah. uh, I reached out to them privately and I asked them if I could actually help them with this. As a podcast host, one of my biggest things is I love to have good audio and great conversation. Yeah. So, and then you go into the whole conversation that, but you can still teach the same thing with three different mm -hmm. lead-ins and yeah. you are so correct. If you get this right, it makes marketing easy because as you said it, people forget the great things they've done that worked and they stop doing them. Yeah. And also one thing that we've changed in SMRush, uh, because like when you're a pretty big company and you have and you have some money, you can of course you you're allowed to make mistakes. You yeah. you can afford to make make mistakes with the marketing choices and your marketing investment. But what we've changed? We started like we started testing campaigns like literally like we started testing campaigns and experimenting with everything. Like we started doing A/B testing for everything. Like choosing like a small amount of people and then like targeting our Facebook campaigns like with different like tiny changes, you know, in headlines or yep. in the copy. But but of course, like you spend time on that, but like it's it, it really worth it. Like experimenting, m m making some like smaller tweaks and checking it like how it works with with a, with a small amount of audience. I know that many companies, they don't do that because you need to invest in that your time, but in the end, you really save a lot of money. Exactly. It's it's one of those things that uh, people don't want to spend a lot of time split testing. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because I remember one of the clients I worked with, we split tested 23 different headlines. Yeah. 
And one of the things that I'll tell you is 10 of these headlines were the exact same headline with maybe one letter change. Yeah, we do the, it's perfect, fantastic. It, it's, uh, so my friend Trevor Crook actually said it best. He once wrote a headline that brought in, um, I think it was like tripled the revenue of the company and the conversion rate by adding one letter to that headline. Yeah. He, look, he looked at the sales list and goes, I just need to add one thing. He added one thing, sent it to the client. The client was mad at him, by the way. Because yeah. they, 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 they paid him this incredible amount of money to write a, a, a control beating uh, sales letter. So he just added one thing and just sent it to them. Um, when they read it, they were like, we don't understand. He goes, just put it to market. And as soon yeah. as they ran it, like the numbers were incredible. It went from like uh, doing nine figures, oh, eight, nine figures anyway, to doing a higher number. I think it went from yeah. 200 to 400 million just simply yeah. with this one tweak. So split testing is very, very crucial. Yeah. Um, my question to you on this though, is if you're doing something with say SEO as SEMrush is a search engine company, how would you start split testing your content that way? That is a bit, <laughs> that is much trickier because like you can't do like fast split testing with SEO because it takes for, like it takes a lot of time for Google to rank your to rank your content. It's a bit easier for us because like we have a very high uh, domain authority. Yeah. And uh, of course our content, I think it should get like checked by Google more often than a smaller site should get. So yeah. with SEO, it's much it's much more difficult, but. <laughs> But definitely, uh, what you should do as at least what we do, of course, we do what we, we always checked which, which kind of formats and topics they work like perfectly well in the past. Certain formats, they're just the best, especially like for us, like the content which is 101 content, this is usually the best. Because okay. the, the, the beginners, like, they usually go to Google, like like 77 or 78% of customer journey start with search. So whatever problem you have, you go to Google. So, so the basic things, the basic questions, they're mostly like asked to Google. So how to do that or where to go or what is the guide for that? So by starting like uh, creating content for the most like simple question, this is the this is the win-win for any company. I mean, if you don't have any content, and even for ASIMrush, which is a pretty like we are a professional like uh, marketing platform, but the content that we create for the beginners, this content like is ranked pretty pretty well. That's pretty awesome. Okay, so my question, really, like from that perspective, because I didn't actually know this, how long does it take for Say you're not an authority blog, like you're not authority site, but you've been around for a long time. So you've got, um, you have a lot of like, say backlinks, you have a lot of uh, time in, you know, online and people know this. What is it about, uh, how long does it take for Google to rank you? Because I do know that the more authoritative you are, the quicker you'll get ranked for like new content. But on average, how long does it take? Because I didn't know that it takes time for it to uh, show up in search results. Yeah, I mean, like, so for Google to to rank it and then to start showing it, like, yeah, yeah, because you're like you, what are you like? You you create content, you publish your awesome post on your blog post. You yeah. need to generate 
because it will it will take your time to generate backlinks to these blog posts because backlinks is one of the most like important ranking factors for Google. So what you need to do, yeah, your post shall be really like gets gets promoted around by you, your friends, your community, whatever. So to get backlinks, social shares. So on average, I would say, like based on my experience, I don't have any numbers like to prove from what I've seen with us and with other websites. I think you need like up to two, like up to two, three months to get your, like to get your post ranked for many keywords so it takes some time but it takes some time because like you need like to spend a lot of time on post promotion because like on the nutshell you need to spend like 20 percent of your time on content creation but 80 percent of your time on content promotion because a lot of companies what i've seen they just create a nice post they publish it and unless you don't, unless you already don't have a high domain authority, it wouldn't be ranked super, super really fast or very well unless you invest your time in in promo. And people forget about this, but that's how we work. We create, but at the same time, we do invest a lot of in promotion. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that's pretty much how it usually is. Is It's good to have a lot, but you spend more time in promotion because that's what it is that you need to do. Yeah, it's better less. It's better less, definitely. Better less, but better quality because, I mean, you're competing with the best because we only have 10 positions in Google, in Google search. Nobody goes for the second page and definitely nobody goes for for the third page. So unless you you have only one choice, create the best content possible. This is the only this is the only way to succeed now. Yeah, I mean that, that is. Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. <laughs> no, no, I agree with you entirely. That is something that people don't do enough of. Is they don't spend time creating the right content. Like they, yeah. they have this thing where they just spend a lot of time uh, trying to show you what the content is without actually going into depth, and it's. Like, Seth Godin is a perfect example. Seth likes, like, he writes very short posts. Like, I think 200 to 500 words are his posts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's not a model I would suggest people follow because you can, but you have to create a lot of content at the start and then start promotion to it so you can actually go there. Whereas if you write, like, a very long post, like, say, 1,800 to 3,600 words, um, it's keyword-rich, it's targeted, and you promote that one piece of content correctly... That could bring so much virality mm. to your site if you do it right. Yeah. But the thing is, you always have two or three of those, or at least I found is have two or three of those linked in together. So it's got a lot yeah. of interlinking and that like inter-site linking and then backlinks and everything else in between. That allows your site to grow. But again, I've got a very basic knowledge of SEO at the moment. That That is perfect what you say. I also think that Seth Godin, he has a bit different strategy because people, they usually go to his website just uh, indirectly, skipping Google search because people, yeah. they know his website, they go there to just read his ideas. So I don't think that his primarily goal is to get ranked well because his brand awareness is just, is just enormous. So yeah, but if you're starting, you definitely need to create in the beginning, you need to create a bit more content than, than, than later. You really need to invest in creating 
really long content and a lot of content you need to use a skyscraper technique you just need to find the best ranked article for your keywords and then you need to create something more than this article yeah. so you you need to you need to offer people what other articles offer but at the same time you need to add value plus to this content yeah you really do like that is something that i do know is that you can't just have the same as everyone else. You can take the same ideas, but you have to really change up the uh, delivery. So yeah. one of the questions I actually have for you is to do with social media, because so many people love social media today. And I still think uh, for about three years now, like from 20, I'd say 2017 to 2020, there was a whole situation where blogging kind of died off. And when I mean died off, I mean like people, they weren't writing on their own blogs. They were writing at places like medium.com and other yeah. places like that. My question is, with social media being in the state that it is today, how does someone actually start to generate a social media profile as an authority? Because uh, I don't know if you know this, but there are so many people out there that are absolutely amazing at what they do. I mean, like world class, like they are absolutely amazing. But no one knows about it because they are terrible at marketing themselves, like on social media. I mean, I, this this all depends on your on your on your purpose. I mean, like, I what what I do believe, and I know people who are who let's say they're experts in what they're doing. Uh, they're professionals. They're very good, but mm -hmm. at the same time, they're very bad with social media. I think in that case, if you don't understand social, just hire a social media manager who can help you to convey your ideas. It's nothing, it's no shame in that. I think if you, if you can't manage your social media like profiles, you, could, you can ask for, for an external help, the person who can, who can like teach you and show you how to do that, even to help you to manage your social media profiles. And a lot of, I don't know, a lot of stars and a lot of super experts, they, they do have people, they do have social media teams helping them with that. So um, I think it can be a good strategy. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's one of those things to have someone in. But let's just say you can't hire someone, like for whatever reason. Let's just say that's the thing. You can't actually hire someone. Yeah. Then uh, what I think, it also depends on social media channel. Uh, good thing is like if you do something else, like some other like personal branding yeah like besides social media if you do speaking for example yeah. you you, sh you should always yeah you should always talk about your social media profiles hey guys just just be my friend on facebook just follow me on twitter this is a very good technique this is a very good if you do like some public speaking also you can join webinars and talk there and then invite people to connect yeah to connect on social media this is a very great this is a very great approach then what you can do you can start just uh, following people that you would love like who who you want to to follow you so i mean you can use this technique start like following uh, the people that you're like uh, that you're targeting this can be a very good technique um i know like if like social media 
social media paid targeting can be very good if you're a public figure so you can invest a bit of money in promoting your like social media profiles uh, that people do with Instagram with uh, with Facebook and Facebook targeting is amazing I mean it's so like it's so granular if you know who you want to target Facebook is great if you really know your target audience with a bit of money you can really do miracles with Facebook what, what I believe and of course by by publishing useful content without that useful content you can't you, you can't go anywhere so yeah if you publish something useful people will start sharing it but we also need to remember that social media is cha- changing yeah Facebook is not Facebook that has been like a few years ago young audience is all about TikTok even Instagram is not anymore for young people so like even I what I see on Facebook Facebook is more for people after like 35 40 Instagram is for younger audience and people who I think before like 20 or 22 they are not on Facebook they're not on Instagram they are they are on they are on TikTok yep and that, and on TikTok that would be completely another strategy oh entirely TikTok is one of those places that I don't think I really want to go to personally myself um just because it's it's one of those sites that I look at and go oh man no <laughs> this I'm too old for this shit <laughs> I I have the same feeling <laughs> yeah I mean it, it's a great strategy because I have friends that have been on TikTok that are making a killing like they are absolutely brilliant on TikTok they've got like millions of views on their podcast and all this that the other but at the same time I look at it and go that's lovely but no yeah, but I have I do believe that TikTok has a, such a huge potential. Yeah. You know, like one week ago there was a there was a New York fashion show. Well, yeah, it, I think it was last week, yeah. And New York fashion show happened at the same time as Oscar, as Oscar ceremony. And a lot mm-hmm. of like celebrities they went for Oscar. So New York fashion shows organizers they they've been so nervous that they can't attract a celebrity to, uh, to the event. So what they've done, they've done they chose TikTok as their official broadcasting channel. Wow. This is the New York fashion show, which means that TikTok is really on demand and not like for just super young people, children. It's for people who follow New York Fashion Week, who have money either to buy the stuff or who are into fashion business. So TikTok is really growing and uh, you really need to pay attention to that. A lot of brands, they are doing like official partnerships with TikTok. Oh, I agree. I think TikTok is a powerful weapon, but again, it's one of those things that if if that's your business, by all means, go for it. Myself, I've um, because of my audience of who I like to go with, I've chosen my social media channels as LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, YouTube. Just I enjoy those more because TikTok just. It, I think the problem with TikTok for me is unless you're a viral content creator, meaning like yeah. you create content every single minute. Unless yeah. you're that type of person, yeah, that's true. It wouldn't be right for me because I have hard enough time. I have a hard enough time coming up with content for my Facebook page, and I have to only do that once a day. <laughs> I have hard enough time for that, so I can't really sit down and do TikTok all the time. But 
if you can, as a business owner, by all means, go for it because it's very, very powerful. Um, and again, like you said, it's all about knowing your, the right channel that works for you. Yeah. Um, so actually something I do want to ask you about, because we discussed this very briefly before the show, and that was books, because you read just as much as I do. I love reading, and I know you do too. Um, I think at the moment I've got, uh, I, I love I love books, but like I'll ask this much. A lot of business owners read mostly business books and nonfiction books, but you also read fiction books, right? Yeah. What type of fiction books do you like, and what recommendations would you give to people? Uh, you know, like I do love, uh, I do love like reading like very different types of um, fiction books. Uh, one of the last book that I've read was the uh, Fountainhead by, by Ayn Rand. Yeah. And I, it's like an 800 page pages book, but um, uh, that book really like. I, I read it like in three days or something. I've been reading it till 5 a.m., 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And this book influenced me a lot because it talks, uh, this book is all about uh, individualism versus like the community feeling or collectivism. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I think it's a really good book in case you want to, you want to learn uh, how to take uh, uh, responsibility for your life, for your action, for your choices on yourself. So for me, it was really helpful. And uh, I really like, it's really good book, especially for for people from the countries, let's say, um, which like uh, capitalism or maybe the uh, democracy, was pretty like is pretty a a new thing because uh, she she talks about the american story about how the american society works yes. and it's really nice it's really it's a very it's a very nice uh it's a very nice story about how the economics capitalism and all that functions and how people should behave in that circumstances and make choices and feel and feel happy about that. I really love it. It was one of the best book I've read like recently. That's interesting. See, I'm um, I'm not a huge fan of Ayn Rand's personal philosophies, just simply yeah. because I'm just not. But at the same time, again, I've got nothing against capitalism at all. Clearly, because I do this for a living. Um, yeah. But that that's something I always look at. Is that I've been told to read the. Uh, read that book many, many times. I've read it, and for some reason my brain just goes, nope, we are not fans of this. I'm like, fair enough. Okay. But I do agree. Like, it is, It's one of the best books out there for what you should do. And, and again, I urge everyone to read it, because uh, I've got through about halfway through that book, and then I've just given up, like, multiple times. Yeah, I think it's like there are some books that are not about, like, uh, you like them or not, it's more about getting a different, you know, like a different angle on like certain things, because like she really she she, she shows you the different perspective, which is yes. good. Because you can like it or not, but it's very interesting just to just to broaden your own like perception. Because I can't say that I'm a big fan of that book, 
but this book really influenced me a lot because I've seen like completely different perspective from what I, from what I had from what I had before. That was interesting. Yeah, no, it's a, like books like that that change and shift your perception of reality are huge. Yeah. Like those are the things that um, really help everything. Like especially when you have those shifts. A book that I would recommend everyone read personally for me is um, actually there's several books. But there's one book in particular I always tell my clients to read, and that is The Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene. Yeah. It's a fairly new book. It's a really big book, very, very, very heavy, but it's a really good book to read for understanding humanity. The other ones, um, have you ever read Traversing Reality? No, I've never, never read it, now. That's quite interesting, because you could actually read the original version, because the original version is in Russian. Okay. Uh, it's an eight or 900-page book on, like, the mind. Okay. And like how the mind creates new realities all the time. It, it's a really good book. Like I would definitely okay. recommend it to anyone. Um, but speaking of which, like if you had to pick five books to recommend to anyone listening to the show, like these are five books that you need to read. And I'm going to give you five nonfiction books and five fiction books that they need to read. We already know one of them, which is The Fountainhead. So you have four fiction books. What books would those be? Like out of the nine remaining, four are fiction, five are nonfiction. What books and why? Mm, one uh, one nonfiction book that I would recommend to read definitely is then a really predictably rational. It's a really, it's changed your thinking about how you and other people make decisions and how people like tick around. That is just, uh, that is just exceptional. That is just exceptional uh, piece of, of uh, information and to see how really people, how, how people behave. Mm-hmm. Uh, another book that I, I loved a lot is a marketing book which called Contagious, I think. Contagious, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing book. That's about like best marketing campaigns and approaches. How how brands how how different brands found the how, found their own way to succeed and uh, connect to uh, their audience. Exceptional book. Another book. Uh, it is. I think I read it twice or even three times. It's called uh, Growth Marketing Playbook. It is uh, by, um, I forgot the name of the guy. I forgot his name. Hold on, I'll look it up. Yeah. Growth that is Marketing Playbook. Growth Marketing Playbook. It's an amazing book. I All my team read this book. It's just amazing. Uh, it is about, uh, it, it it tells it tells uh, like it helps you to discover like uh, growth marketing. Uh, uh, Jim Huffman. No, it's about like how like the biggest tech brands uh, found uh, found their way to grow. Like let's say by 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 onboarding or like or for example how Dropbox done it, how Apple done it. So. He talks. The author talks about all the big names and uh, the way they managed to to grow their business. Mm-hmm. That is some, that is amazing one as well. Uh, if we talk about fiction books, uh, what I I read recently the biography. It is actually autobiography of Peggy 
Guggenheim. She's a famous art collector. And uh, what I've, like, I've never read before autobiographies, but uh, I really found interesting to read stories from the from the from the um, from the person herself like or his himself because this is usually like very more personal and very more emotional and uh, i like how like brave people they usually reveal uh, both their good sides and bad sides so they are likey situation and a likey situation so by reading these kind of books you understand that nobody's perfect and everybody had their upside down downs and uh, like events and like events so this is this kind of reading is very motivational because especially when you feel like if something wrong happened in your life you read like any like autobiography and you think that oh okay i'm not only like this even like famous and successful people went through hardship and, and hard times mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty interesting. And uh, what else that is recently influenced me a lot? And uh, let me let me think. That's a really difficult question. That's <gasps> no, I mean, uh, I actually really do. It's one of those things that I've so I was counting how many books I had the other day, and I think I've counted out about over three hundred in the house. Yeah. Wow. Slow, well, no, it, it, it's nice, but like I used to have like a thousand books and then I moved houses and I kept leaving books with friends. Um, I've got another box full of books coming next week from a friend of mine that's moving away and she's like, here, have all my books. I was like, okay, I'll take them. Um, <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, my friends love giving me books. But uh, one of the things that I was going to suggest that if everyone reads it and they haven't read it, something that really just alters thought process to how you see things. Yeah. Um, is actually, I'm looking for it right now. It's a book that someone else recommended to me and I just haven't been able to put it down ever since. And that yeah. was, goodness me, you know when you're looking through your thing and you're like, I know the actual name because yeah. I remember the cover, but I don't remember. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. it. It's called Creating a Bug-Free Mind by Andy Shaw. It's a two, two books called uh, Creating a Bug-Free Mind and Using a Bug-Free Mind. Essentially, it goes into the voice of how to control the voice in your yeah. head uh, and stopping it from ruining your yeah. life because that's kind of the thing that people don't realize is sometimes the voice in your head is evil and wants to ruin your life. Yeah, okay. <laughs> huh. That's, that's interesting. I will, I'll write it down. That's interesting. I also like the one that if you talk about non-fictional book, books, um, I really enjoy, enjoyed reading the book which uh, which called uh, mu- uh, Multipliers. Uh, that is book about uh, that is book about the like um, a special type of managers or multipliers, and uh, this is really interesting book because like uh, these are the people who are like not just like experienced managers, but the managers who who really like can find the best in in their own people mm-hmm. so i do i do i do recommend to read this book it's it really helped me a lot to improve my own approach how i'm working with my teams and how i'm helping developing like internal uh, strengths in 
in people who join ACMRS marketing. So this was very interesting. Yeah, definitely. Sorry about that. Um, I just had a phone call from someone over in the States right now. That was weird. They shouldn't be calling me at 4 a.m. And they know I'm doing a podcast today. It's crazy. Anyway, uh, but that's an excellent recommendation. Sometimes you need to have those mind-expanding situations happen. Um, and they're, they're absolutely brilliant. Uh, and it's incredible what you can do with a team. One of the other books I'd recommend is a book called uh, Feed a Starving Crowd, which is mm. by Robert Curry. It's really good on how to basically find your audience and actually uh, work with them. It's it's one of the best books out there for it. It's just absolutely brilliant. So I definitely recommend that. Now, one of my questions I'm really going to ask, I love asking on the show, is whenever you're starting out and you're going through a tough time in business and in life and whatever you're doing, everyone has their own uh, ideas of how they do things. But you're a team leader. Obviously, you're a, you are at the level that you're at because you actually help manage others as well. What is something that you absolutely want uh, from your people? Like, say, for instance, they're unable to deliver on something because they're facing a health issue or something along those lines. What's the best way for them to communicate that with you? If they're facing any issue. Um, you know, I, um, it's pretty easy here in SMRush because um, we are very, like, open culture company. We don't have... Um, we are not bureaucratic and we don't have like a huge level of management and even managers or leaders they are perceived as your friends so honesty uh, I don't behave as a I don't, don't put myself on any like kind of a manager position so uh, what how we work we work we all work with equal like as equals so okay. we are super open and uh, in if anybody is facing any troubles or if something is not working and I, I always appreciate and my team, my team members appreciate if you talk about that op openly and if people have a like a positive experience with you, like with you, like with, the, with an honest talk with you, they're used to that. Uh, and they are they are never afraid of of telling the truth. So yeah, just open communication, like open friendly communication. But of course, you need to keep a certain borders. Yeah. <laughs> because if you don't have borders, people can start also inventing excuses. This is in our nature. That's how I can also behave. But yeah, honesty and transparency, and uh, just just being a human, and that's it. That makes sense. That really does make sense. But yeah, so just one last final thing before we head off on the show, uh, because it's been an absolute pleasure interviewing you today, Anna. Um, what is one last piece of advice that you'd give everyone that they should start doing today? Start doing today? Yeah. Uh, one thing, like, you need to be grateful for, like, you should end your day with a thank you notes for your day. Uh, because very often with our busy life, uh, we do notice some big problems, uh, but we don't notice the good things that happen to us. Somebody helps us. I don't know. Somebody calls us. Your sister or brother sent you the message or you have a nice weather or whatever. I think like the best thing is to finish today with the thankful notes for this day. Just uh, trying to think what good happened to you and uh, to say 
thank you for that. Yeah, and so basically expressing it's, gratitude. Yes, expre yeah, expressing uh, yeah, some good, good feelings for your day, that's it. That's excellent. I, I really, really like that. It's, it's a great way of doing it in personality. Uh, personally, I actually think it is because having gratitude is powerful beyond belief. Um, but yeah, thank you. Like, I just want to say thank you so much for actually taking the time to do the show today. I really appreciate you actually being here. Um, and it's, it's really been eye-opening to really understand how like everyone does things at SEM Rush and just brilliant. So Guys, if you haven't already done so, please go ahead and check out semrush.com. If you're thinking about increasing your traffic this year, if you're looking at how you can actually build your social media profiles, how you can actually essentially do everything that you're doing, listen back to the shows we've done this month. They've been absolutely brilliant. Everyone's bought, brought in a huge, um, brought in a huge value for everything that we're doing. And SEM Rush is brilliant. As a user myself, it, it's absolutely incredible. So I always. I always like using it and having it there. So Anna, it's been a pleasure mm -hmm. having you on the show, Thanks and I look so. forward to see, look forward to meeting you in person as well when we all get together. Um, but yeah, guys, go ahead and rate, subscribe, and share. Uh, as always, the more you do this, the more we actually get more speakers like guys from SEM Rush, the better. Take care and have an amazing weekend. Bye. Thank you.